All right, welcome back to another episode of Peaced Off, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer, also brought to you in part by Technica Ski Boots and Blizzard Skis. Uh, I have the pleasure of having Mike Janik back on the show. Mike, who we're very familiar with uh, from previous seasons, uh, also a booming comedian as well, a thriving com- comedian. Well, I would admit, yeah, a guy on the rise. coming up. <laughs> Um, so, so, Mike, before we get started, uh, we had, we, we were kind of, I, I appreciated, uh, your focus in the, in the, in the conversation beforehand so that we had parameters in, in walls to, in which to construct our conversation. This might, um, this could be our most constructive focused conversation <laughs> ever on the show. Um, but basically... Our topic today is developing champions in this day and age, right? Yeah. I think we touched on a number of different points, but um, I guess first of all, let's let's give give you a little preface. I mean, you are the program director at Grouse now up in uh, Vancouver. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Um, We need not talk about your your previous uh, accomplishments as well. I think uh, just Google Mike Janik and you'll figure out very quickly that he has uh, an enormous amount of ground to stand on when it comes to the topics of conversation. I also have to uh, note that Grouse Mountain is in Canada, which means you're (laughs) Canadian. Thank um, you. So we are yeah, we are sorry. we are getting a uh, quote unquote foreign perspective here, but you I mean your system is very different than ours. Yeah, it's um, it is uh, different, and there, I actually learn a lot from the coaches in my club who have been there in these development age groups for a decade or so, and you know some pull from European models, uh, some pull from the American models, um, so. Yeah, it's uh, in our club especially. We have a quite diverse uh, group that kind of pull in. Um, so, yeah, a little different, but still, I guess, with the same goal. What kind of what's what what are, you, what are some of the differences that you've you've noticed in these models? If you talk you talk about American versus European. Well, from what I've learned is that the I know a couple coaches that use you know some of the American models and parameters is that they. The ways to measure, uh, like the USSA, I don't know, we, in Canada we call it the aim to win document. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you call it down there, but the ways to measure um, if you're achieving uh, a certain skill development is seems to be better in the American model or more tangible, um, like, you know, setting a course and gradually making it a wider radius and seeing how far you can, you know, continue a carve or something like that. Um, so those are just one, uh, yeah, area that I think it's come about, but you know, and then the terminologies, uh, you, you go back and forth. Um, yeah, it's just what, what language kind of, what area breeds, what language is a little different, but the fundamentals are essentially the same. It's just how we play them out. Yeah. And I think that's what separates a lot of coaches from each other for, to begin with, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but definitely measuring, you know, big thing is like, how do we actually measure if someone's able to be in a stack position or is able to car, you know, uh, uh, the top of a turn or, um, or has the right timing. And so it seems like your measurables are a little, um, 
a little better. Interesting. I I don't I don't know if any of us down here uh, realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's all grass is always greener, and there's different aspects on you know that you would see in ours, but yeah. Well, I'd I'd argue that uh, I don't think the the grass is I don't I don't I don't necessarily believe in the grass is greener. I just think the grass is brown, but it's a different color brown everywhere you go. <laughs> and it feels prickly on the feet. That's right. You keep your shoes on. Don't get settled. Yeah. But you talked about you know you talked about uh, development, and the thing that I've been sticking with or kind of playing around is looking at who's been making it to the top. Uh, these days and how did they achieve it and you have you know Henrik Christofferson, Michaela, um, Hirscher um, and you know they had that support from their parents that kind of guided them through and Vaughn you could put in that same conversation as well yeah Um, yeah and I'm always wondering are they a product of the system or are they kind of make their own um you know i wonder if ted is a great example of a product of the system or you know i don't know how um it kind of Bodhi took his own uh, way um and so yeah i kind of look at right now what's our system developing and are people yeah can we fix it because are people kind of taking their own path and saying like no you don't allow for enough variance and so the people who want to be at the top are essentially have strong minds and want to go their own way. Um, right. Well, know. we we do know we do know that if if you're gonna if you're going to be in this sport, you're or have success. That you know, we all know that the social component is huge, and you know it's it's fantastic for days that you're where you really are struggling, but at the same time. If you're really going to be as good as you want or is, is reach the potential that you desire for yourself, your friends have to come second. And it has to, you have to be making sure that you're doing the things that you need to do on a daily basis. So I think on some level what you just said does make sense. Um, but it begs the question now is if you're going to make it all the way, do you need to have – is the new model parents there the whole time? You know? Yeah, there's some support. Maybe it's lending that the current system doesn't have the support when you need to uh, bend or, uh, you know, break from the linear model. Um, you know, if you need to go reach out and you're doing extracurricular dryland or, you know, like you said, looking out for your own interests or working with a sports psychologist or, you know, just kind of the emotional up and down. And I think that, okay, the, the one piece that I'm realizing that our system can be better at is supporting the athletes emotionally as they go through the races, you know, um, even at the younger ages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm at a U12 race, U, U14, and and the beauty thing about racing is that you get to kind of face some nerves, face some emotions and anxiety, and, and work through it. Right. But I've had a couple coaches. One, she raced uh, World Cup and, and for the Czech team, and she's over here working with me. And she goes, "Man, I 
I, I didn't realize that kids took it so seriously. This is U14 and how nervous they get. And maybe that model of, you know, when you have a parent who's super into it, the kid just gets that support that we're not able to give as a, as the, you know, set up to give, um, and actually perform through some tough, not like clearing away nerves, but actually performing through them. Um, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think there's a pretty big balance there. I think, um, you know, in some regard, there is a, a generation of parents right now whose kids are reaching teenage years. And, you know, we've been seeing it for a while, but it seems to be even more obvious now. At least maybe I'm, I'm just speaking towards my experience now coaching U14s, but I think, um, you know, I, I don't want to use the word coddling, but parents are definitely seem to be. Um, I don't know how else to say this, but like wanting to fight the battles for him. Yeah. I I love the sport of ski racing right now more than ever because it's one of the few times in a kid's life where the parent can't do that for him. The kid has it's like the clock doesn't lie, right? So you know you ask about what's going wrong, whatever you know. There's or why aren't things better? You know, there's there's uh. You know the kid. The kid has to figure. This is this is on the kid. It's not like you know the, the parent. The parent cannot step in, and they could do their best job to facilitate improvement. But it's really like no, no one's gonna. No one can race that course except for the kid. So, you, you know, there's there's that element to it, and I think part of where this is coming from is that I think kids are harder on themselves these days. I just think maybe there isn't a there isn't any uh, as much patience or respect for the process. I would argue that you could say that about any generation at any given time, but I think there is a little bit of, there seems to be a little bit more impatience. Like, you know, it doesn't, you, you, you might not make the strides you want in a season and the next season you might make twice the amount of strides you, you thought possible. I just feel like the biggest thing that I'm communicating with kids. And by the way, you're absolutely right. I feel like in a lot of ways at this point in time, I'm like, how do I not have some sort of certified degree in sports psychology right now? <laughs> how, how do I not like, like, boy, if I knew that this is what I was going to do for, you know, this was going to absorb my entire life uh, at the level it has, then I, I, I certainly would have gone back to school and done that the first time around because I feel like that's more or less what I'm, what we're, we're, we're talking about on a regular basis. But um, I think, you know, uh, I can't recall if I've, I've mentioned this yet, uh, but the point I was getting at is that I think kids are just very hard on themselves. And I think it's painful for parents and coaches to who want to see the, be the best for them. That, 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 that hardship blocks the ability to get further along because you really do need to be of free mind, but at the same time clearly focused on where, what you, where it needs to go to make any of these strides occur. And, yeah. and you have to – it's when you push through those moments and you keep fighting, whether it's for a month, whether it's for a whole season, that's when you, that's when these things are going to happen for you. And, and if they're not, you, you, it's, it's, it's a systematic approach of almost like controlled experiments of continuously trying to tweak what you're already doing just to, just to, to, to see if those differences can be made. And, you know, that's that's the biggest thing that I find that we try to hammer at this 12 and 13 year old level is that you can't just do this anymore. You have to have intention to what you're doing. Everything needs to be thoughtful. 
And once you do that, then your conversation with the coach, it becomes a conversation. It's not like you need to be doing this. You got to be doing that. And the kid goes, okay, fine, whatever. And you know, the next run, you don't really see that much change or a week later, they're still not changing, you know? So obviously there's some kind of disconnect there. Once the kid becomes in touch with what it is that they're actually doing, then, then it becomes a pretty, then that, that game between coach and athlete really starts to evolve into something really meaningful and really useful. Yeah. Well, okay. Now we're moving towards the, you know, the coach athlete relationship. Well, Okay. And what and what's that? Well, I think we're already kind of one falls in the other. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You talked about kids being hard on themselves, and you know, you, you do need. Uh, my sense is you do need an element of that. And I, you know, like I was incredibly hard on myself, and I think any high achiever is. But when it's like, when do you need it, and when do you let it go? Right. And because um, sometimes I'm working with kids, and I was like, yo. Like, get hard on yourself. Like, this isn't, you know, oh, yeah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. It's like, no, okay, eventually it may not be. And um, and so address some things, but it's, that, it's definitely a balance of, like, knowing when to be critically, uh, uh, you know, challenge, challenge yourself, and then when is it time for that process to set in, like you said, that learning process. And maybe... Yeah, the psychology degree might help, but that, uh, you know, a coach being able to really, like, call, help them see when it's time to be uh, for each one to play. I'd almost uh, argue that they're, they're, we're, we're hard, they're, they're, they're it, it, I think it's great to be hard on yourself, but I'd almost argue that, and I'm general generalizing, of course, because we're just talking. I mean, already we've created a, a case study here. So any anybody uh, looking to get a graduate degree, please uh, feel free yeah. to get in touch for a thesis uh, topic. But um, you know, I think in some regard, they might be um, hard on themselves at the wrong times. They're hard on themselves when they see the results. They're not hard on themselves. When we're talking about early December with skill acquisition, you know, like that's the time to really be hard on yourself because that's the time you're going to figure out the pieces that are going to make race day easy. And then at that Yo, point, Taco, and, and, that's, that's pretty good. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, yeah, like, honestly, like, right. yeah, race day is disappointing. But if you know you did the best you could, I mean, you get over it pretty quickly. But if the best you could doesn't doesn't include you know, a clear idea of what you're trying to achieve when you're on the course. I mean, if it's one thing to be bummed out. It's another thing to be bummed out because you didn't, you feel like you could execute, um, you know, the, at a level or, or as consistently as you wanted to. Like, you know, I, I, I think, you know, if, if that, you know, especially in slalom, you want to be on top of the boot as much as you can. Well, you know, you finish the day and you, you end up in 11th place or let's say 16th place and you're off the front page. You know, and you're just like, man, I was, I only felt like I was on the front of the boot, like, you know, maybe eight, eight, 70 or 80 of, of those turns. And then there was those, you know, that one section where I wasn't, I just let the ski get in front of me and it's like, okay, you know, I'm bummed out because that, that's how it happened. But now at least I can go to training and go, now I got to figure out how to do this the entire run, not just yeah. part of the time. See, in that point, you know, I'm not bummed out anymore. I'm motivated to go back to training. You know, yeah. so and 
But I want to I want to bring it back for a second. I think um, <clears throat> to this parent this this whole parent involvement because I think this is a um, a little bit more prevalent inside our own conversation here. And I think part of <clears throat> part of the uh, part of the strength of the parent involvement is that skiing, no matter how you know, we've just come into an age where collecting data and measurement has become as big of a thing as ever. Like I never tracked yeah. this stuff. We never tracked this stuff before. And the people who did, it seemed like, Oh, well, that was cool. You know, Kostlich skied, you know, 2000, you know, slalom turns this year. Well, I mean, who cares, you know, yeah. uh, uh, at the end of the day, but still it's like, okay, how do we, how do we make this thing tangible? Because there's really not that much of a formula right now. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's really just internal emotion and intrinsic motivation and I think the parent involvement, um, I, I think skiing, this all being said, skiing is still, on no matter what level you're talking about, is so political that if you don't have the, an advocate who's literally fighting for your best interest, you you risk or you fear um, getting losing opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's I mean, where, like, parents, in a lot of ways, do do get involved. But they, uh, for sure, I, can, I think you hit, well, the fear that their kids are going to lose out an opportunity for sure is what, you know, probably a motivation that helps them get involved. But that also is a cause of the politics behind it because then you have, you know, different parents kind of boiling to the surface and making their voices heard and making sure their kid gets through, which you know, affects the system, uh, on the other side and it deteriorates the system. Right. But if they probably are coming forward because the system was, has some cracks in it anyway. Um, right. And I mean, I think, I, you know, it should be no big deal if a parent goes through, but if, uh, or sorry, if a parent goes through with their kid on the development level, but it then makes it, less accessible to others who don't have the means uh, to do it. So that's kind of where I look at it is like, okay, do you only need to be, uh, you know, have, have the means quite uh, well off to support this um, or the supporter behind it? And is there a different way that we can kind of learn from that parent development um system the parent assisted development system if you will that we can bring it back to a regular system that where a kid with very little means can come back at this um you know to the top um it's uh yeah that's well you look at like uh and i I don't like to point out i I try not to point out specific clubs to to criticize but you know because because i think you know we're all clubs we're all trying to figure this everybody's trying to create their own models i mean i think first of all ussa uh has done a pretty um i'm, I'm pretty surprised and I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for him for creating this project 26 where the, the clubs are more empowered or more expected to be um the, a, a stronger development pipeline that raises another bunch of a, a bunch of questions that i have that i'm sure i've brought up plenty of times but you know this idea of private coaching i mean there's plenty of kids that have had all the means in the world and still didn't do anything with them, you know? So, 
that yeah. that 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 to me is a little little peculiar as well. But you know, you talk about a, a you, let's 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 take a staff of you know uh, you know seven or eight coaches for you know however many kids. Probably at that point, you're probably looking at fifty, sixty. But you know, and and half those kids have all have private coaches. Meanwhile, you've got a stat. Let's let's even chop it down for a better argument's sake. You've got thirty kids, five coaches. And half of them have private, their own private coaches working in every day. I mean, is that like yeah. lack of faith in the staff that's already there? I mean, how do you know that that coach you're hiring even has an awareness of what they're trying to do? I mean, there's not that many. I mean, there's a, a good surplus of people that have done great things in the sport and clearly understand it. But I can't believe that you could find 15 coaches that you could legitimately hire privately in one area for, yeah. for this, you know, for yeah. some, you know, so, I mean, are we just not putting faith in the clubs that the, the, the club itself and what it's trying to do or develop its well, coaches think, or what? I think that just shows that we haven't been supporting our coaches. And, you know, it's funny because as an athlete, I would, you know, the, an enjoyable thing to do is rip on coaches for sucking. And, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a coach comes around to, uh, on the national team or like at a, you know, an interface or someone, an invitee. And if they suck, then we just gather around and try to make his life as hard as possible. But <laughs> as, now on the other side of it as a coach, you know, you recognize you're like, man, this system does not support well uh, coach development and the systems in place for coaches to to really like hone in um, their yeah hone in their skills like really get concise get clear get on the same page isn't quite there because okay the pay may not be great and um, they may have other jobs and they uh, these kind of things and so where does that Hole be you know filled. It's like private coaching. Someone's gonna jump in there and um, yeah, take advantage or not. I mean, they're not taking advantage. Yeah, that private coaching so. that 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 lane that going down that road can be just as ruthless as being just another body in a club. I mean, because now, because yeah. those things. I I mean, generally speaking, those situations do not end well. Really. Oh, absolutely. They just, you know, by the time you get to the end of the road, if the results have not been achieved, then all these exit plans that have been talked about kind of fall to the wayside because, you know, it was kind of on you to make them materialize. But but going back to your point about ripping on the coaches, I think a coach that a coach that's sucking and has athletes clearly ripping on them, I think that's that's on that's 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 the coach's problem i don't think it's the athlete's problem to be honest well, with you. sure but it's also it's it's not yeah the athlete's problem but i don't think the system is there to give the coach adequate feedback on why yeah but it doesn't but it doesn't it. matter well you should know why as a coach it doesn't matter what what sport you're coaching or or what level you're coaching at if you don't have a kindred respect between your athletes and yourself then you, that's rule number one. You have to have a relationship with the athlete, so that so that there's a mutual respect there. If that if those athletes or a group of athletes don't feel like that that exists, of course they're going to rip on you. And that's <laughs> that should be your first tell. Like I don't have a good enough relationship with these athletes if they're ripping on me all day. Yeah, 
Of course, well, it's another thing if you're, you're a head coach you and know, you're the one laying down the hammer. And, you know, it's, at times you these kids kids are frightened by you sometimes. You know, they won't yeah. tell you everything. Yeah. I mean, it's – now you're – you know, it's – you're coming when it's charged in a situation, people get defensive and they may not see it clearly, but um, yeah, it's who knows. <laughs> um, you stop me. What do you, what do you, what do you, you talked earlier about variance, like kids going on their own program for, for they, they need more variance or whatnot. I mean, are you talking about like, like surface or course setting, or are you talking about no, like I think exposure to other things? Uh, well, now I'm sort of just taking it from my brother-in-law Mark, who runs the program at Whistler. Who uh, you know, he ran the British ski team and the Spanish ski team, and he talks about you know the system. He just puts kind of draws a vertical line. It's like this is how the system goes, and he lined up you know the people that came out of this ski club. In Whistler, kind of in my era, me I made it the World Cup. Me, my sister, Manny Osborne, Robbie Dixon, uh, Allison Forsyth, and he's like, you guys kind of offshoot, shooted to the side, and then would come back, you know, to this vertical line and kind of bent around the system. And the system eventually pulled you back, but you know, against your will at times. And you have these characters who um, have their own ideas. So building, I mean, building a system that that uh, kind of allows for that and doesn't punish it, mm-hmm. if you will. You know, Manny's a, a good example of that, of like, okay, here's a guy, it's hard to control, and, um, but he brings so many great things. And I don't know, if you look at, like, who do you, who's, who are some athletes on the World Cup you admire? And maybe we just look at kind of what we know about their personalities. Well, well I think... Uh... <clears throat> I think well, I think Christofferson skiing is just absolutely the, the the best. I mean, like what he what he does is to me is, um, it, it's almost it's the same thing as, as as Michaela on the women's side. It's just you know they just do what they 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 they're just it's just such a strong they like they they take what exactly they make it seem very simple what it is you need to be doing. They make it seem very yeah. simple, and there's you know Christofferson adds a little bit of flash to it because of you know the independent arms or whatever uh, whoever these donkeys commenting on uh, SkiRacing.com <laughs> articles are saying, but um, you know, but who do you in the sense do you know of any or how you perceive like what athletes in their road to how they got to their success? Let's say do you you know I look at someone I admire. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, you know, Bodie is someone who stands out. But then I look at um, like Andre Mire, how he's gone through his career. You know, Felix um, from uh, being like super good young and then kind of going through. Um, you know, even Frida, uh, her uh, development, or, you know, her career and how it continues. Um, yeah, is there anyone that stands out? I just look at them and see. Everyone kind of eventually you got to be like, all right, I got to choose my own thing. <laughs> or yeah, own I'll tell. I'll tell you whether your parents are involved or not. I mean, when at the end of the day, there's only it's re- there's really only one factor that involved, and it's that you are intrinsically motivated AF 
to 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 become a better ski racer. That's mm. just the bottom line. Like, here's the thing: so you, how, you, you so could get a technician, does... you could get a private coach, you can buy your own ski hill. But if you aren't gonna go out there, if you are not gonna like work for and earn, try to earn every single piece of 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 your skiing, if you're not out there to earn it all yourself, you are falling short of the mark. Right? Yeah. It so has to come from you. System, so then, how do you create a system that allows for someone that strong-willed? If you're saying, which I agree with, that you need you know, an absolute drive. And the one thing that, you know, when I get asked, you know, it's like, oh, how did you, you know, and I only made it to a certain level, you know, never won a World Cup. And, but, so, you know, how do you make it, or what does it take, let's say? And the only thing that kind of I fall back on is like this desire. You have Mm -hmm. these people with strong, strong, strong drive and desire. And so I feel like you've just given me an inkling to the answer that, the system wants, you know, is built in a way that where people that for people not to have that incredibly strong will and desire, but the people who make it are ones with that. And so, where do they go? Oh, they go their own route. So maybe that's it. Is like, how do we build a system around or that allows for these strong characters, these people with strong desire, who, you know, which is what you need. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's part of the, part of the thing, right? I think as, as a coach, you're, you are not the athlete, you know, you are the, you, we have to keep in mind that we are facilitators. So just like a parent who wants to make sure that they're giving their kid every best opportunity as coaches, we need to do that too. And that, that, and that has to include opportunities where there, there, there isn't any handholding. Like that's why you'd set a course with like, you know, five, six meter, uh, uh, a six, meters offset versus um two or three meters offset or you know that's why you go ski free ski when the snow's hard when the snow's soft you go out there on your gs skis when at the end of a powder day when it's just you know little little when there's big snow piles everywhere you know that's you, you have to put yourselves in in opportunities where you can learn from your own from yourself and at the same time, I think you need to help the athletes understand that that's what needs to occur. And so if you're not learning from what you're doing, and every minute those skis are on your feet or, or thinking about skiing when you're not on snow, you know, middle of July, why am I doing box jumps right now? I know why. And like, there's also, you know, there's also um, – the element where you, the older you get, the harder you have to work for it, and you have you, like I don't think kids understand sometimes. You know, it's easy to it's it's it's, it's I don't want to I don't want to marginalize anybody, but getting getting a medal at a U fourteen age is is you know pretty uh you know pretty tangible. But getting are you going to get medals at this age? I mean, that's part of it. Like you know, I've got some kids who who who've won a race this year who might not ever win another race. Yeah, you know, but they're yeah. going to keep ski racing for another ten years. But it's 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 you you have to get help them get to attain the skills to be able to understand how to learn from what they're doing. Um, I go I, back to sorry. Well, I just think you know it's you know we're going back to this sports psychology thing. I think you're right. You have to help them learn emotional skills and how to learn from their emotions versus 
you know, um, just feeling down. Like I used that example from earlier that I used where, you know, it's one thing to come down and be bummed out and just, yeah. you know, oh, I sucked. But it's another thing to come down and go, you know, I just didn't feel like I was crushing the top of the boot as often on that run. Well, at least now you got something. Yeah, fine. You've got a reason to be bummed out. At least you have a concrete reason. And then you also have something to motivate you to take this thing a step further. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what jumped in my head about well, what you said about, you know, choosing that right time to be hard on yourself. And, you know, they're choosing the time at the bottom of the hill. But when you're doing, well, like you said, box jumps in the summer, going out and skiing and like really being, you know, constructively hard on yourself. And I was at, uh, we just held a fist race here and, um, or no, I think one of my co- Nick, uh, my coaching friend who runs the BC team, he said they were they were at a race and one of the guys was uh, doing a pretty intense warm up in the start, and you know the athletes were going like, "Oh, look at him doing a World Cup warm up," and as like that's a bad thing, and then the kid who was doing the warm up goes out and wins, and Nick's like, "Why is it that it's a?" like a negative to be doing a world cup warm-up don't you want to go to the world cup and like right you know that's the time to be hard on yourself like oh maybe i could have done my warm-up better not at the bottom of the run when you're like when you're yeah, just bummed about the result um i think i may have flown off on a tangent that well was but i think what you're saying is <laughs> i think what you're saying though is caring is hard like if you really put everything into it and you still fall short those res- that, that that falling short is going to be harder than if you just didn't try that hard yeah you know it's easy to say ah oh, well whatever i just did and blah 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 i don't care but it's another yeah, thing to yeah. say i care and i suck today and it's <laughs> and, you know like that's hard like kids kids like you know yeah. I, I mean you have to be be. Um, I think you do need to be uh, fearless enough to just say, "Hey, this is my path. This is where I'm going to go, and this is what I'm going to do about it." You know, because it, the, at the end of the day, at least you're taking ownership and accountability for what it is that you want to do. Versus, oh well, my parents just got me a private coach. I don't have to try, but I'm going to do well this year because I got all everything's handed to me right now. I got it all. You know. So and so's doing yeah. my skis. This guy's my coach. All I got to do is just do me, and things are going to be great. You know. Oh, I and think if that's the, I think that's the piece that people don't see, and you know, I bring back. You know, if we're going to have some takeaways from this conversation about, you know, you need that drive, and um, you know, when to be critical of yourself. If I learned a lot from Manny, who's younger than me, and I only knew him as kind of a goof, you know, as he came up and a good skier, obviously, but eventually i learned about him like how much work he does or did and still does when no one's looking and yeah. when people are looking he actually like plays it off he's like no i don't want anyone to see sorry man i'm ruining your secret but i don't <laughs> want anyone to see you know what i'm um what i'm really doing and it's like those little moments when no one's around and you know that takeaway is Okay, you need that drive. You need to know when to put that work in and and uh, when to be hard on yourself. Because you're right, it is tough to care. Totally, and that's that's. I guess that's our takeaway here. It's hard to care. Hard to care. Mike, thanks so much for uh, making yourself available to be 
with us here today, uh, us by being me, and then you know, I guess uh, I'm just trying to make will, the listeners can, feel can like we at home. Will, will in somewhat of a spirit, then, if we will. Will, yeah. I mean, one of these days we we'll get we'll get him back on. He's got a, his brain is full of other of all kinds of things right now, but all good things. Uh, he's he's out he's out saving the world, whereas I'm just talking about it. Ah, uh, good. So there's someone's, so, someone's got to theorize, right? Absolutely. I think he's just he's just he's just he's just the guy to do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Fun. It's tough to care. But, uh, it's got to be worth it. It's got to be worth it. <laughs> That's definitely worth it. Um, Mike Channing, thank you again. You've been listening to Peace Stop, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer. Also brought to you in part by Technica and Blizzard. Um, I am James Totko Takas, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>